Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, well, welcome to the Gospel for Life today. Um, in the Zoom studio, we have Pastor Russ Herman and Pastor Phil Moran of Christ Pres. Unfortunately, we do not have our cohort Jonathan with us today, but how are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, Tired of uh, being socially isolated, but uh, with with hope in the Lord that uh, pretty soon we'll be able to gather again as as congregations. Um, Missing my congregation today. Absolutely. Doing well as as well. Um, Same sentiments as Phil. It's just after a while, you just want to have the fellowship that you had before and and even though we're making do with what we have, it's 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 nowhere close to what we used to have. So, yeah, I feel like um, I was talking to another pastor, uh, Brett Siegelkoff at First Caldwell Baptist yesterday on the phone. I feel like this season is making the argument for why uh, live streaming and, and watching sermons online is not doing church. So we're thankful, of course, to the Lord that we have this technology that we can communicate like this, but doesn't this season prove brothers that that is not like church? It certainly doesn't take the place of the gathering of the people of God. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's for worship or fellowship or study or um, to play a ball game, you know, uh, it, it, it has it has a role, and we're you know we can be thankful for it, and, and I'm thankful for technology right now because this is how I'm I'm seeing you guys. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the same. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Gosh, it, it it does not take the place. And of course, we're thankful for uh, you know some of our shut-ins and and you know people who have been cut off from church in decades past now have this wonderful tool that that God has graced them with, and we're thankful for that. But Man, I wish I was in the studio chowing down on donuts with you guys right now. But <laughs> look at your mugs, you know. All right. Well, um, we Russ, why don't you why don't you uh, tell us where we're going today? Last week we were talking about um, ideas for the next shows that we wanted to record, and um, I've just been feeling very blessed by working through the Psalms in a Wednesday night Bible study in our church. Lately, I've been teaching from them during this time of isolation um, at our church. And so I threw out the idea to Josh and, and to Phil, hey, do you mind just each of us pick our favorite Psalms and we can talk about them. I just find that Luther would say that the Psalms are kind of a mini Bible. And uh, John Calvin would say that there aren't any experiences in life that the Psalms don't speak to and address. And I found that to be true during this last six weeks or whatever. Um, and so I was hopeful that our listeners would find that the truths of the Psalms were good for them as well. Can I plug a book real quick? 
So um, at our conference this coming, so we're we're still planning on having Reformation Boise, right? <laughs> and that's in November. So that you know, the, I sure the, hope so because my office is just full of books that have <laughs> been purchased for for this occasion. Yes. Yeah, and so our, our conference is is November thirteenth and fourteenth. Did I get that right? Of November this year, two thousand twenty. Russ is checking, fact checking for me. He's doing a Snopes check. Um, but we are going to have Robert Godfrey, uh, former president of Westminster Seminary in, is it Escondido? Yep. Yep. Um, be one of our speakers this year. And he wrote a great book called, uh, well, I'm going to show you guys. Nobody else can see it, though. This is a special cover. Learning to Love the Psalms by Dr. Robert Godfrey. And, um, you know, he he, he breaks up the Psalms in the way that the psalmist broke up the Psalms, that there's actually five books in the Psalms. And uh, let me just give you the titles that he gives. Um, of course, I don't think you'll find these subtitles in your Bibles. But if you look, book one um, in, in the Psalms, it runs from Psalm 1 to Psalm 41. And he calls it the king's confidence in God's care. Book two begins at Psalm 42, and it runs to Psalm 72, and he calls it the king's commitment to God's kingdom. Book three of the Psalms start in Psalm 73, and it goes to Psalm 89. He calls it the king's crisis over God's promises. Book four of the Psalms starts in Psalm 90, goes to Psalm 106, and he calls it the king's comfort and God's faithfulness. And then in book five, starts in Psalm 107, goes to Psalm 150, and he calls it the King's Celebration of God's Salvation. And those, those titles might be a little bit arbitrary, but I think he kind of picks up on the themes of those books, don't you think? Yeah, and I just wanted to direct a question to Phil. I, maybe our listeners don't realize that the Psalms have been arranged. Um, it wasn't like the rest of the books of the, of the Bible in which it was written as one composition by one author. Um, throughout the Psalms, we know that many people wrote the individual Psalms that make up the entire book of Psalms, um, the Psalter. Um, but it didn't come to us as one unit. It came to us as 150 that were then put together. So I, I was hoping Phil would maybe talk to that, speak to that. Yeah, and and it's not it's not always obvious. It's not always really clear how, but the the order of the Psalms um, is, is not arbitrary. And um, I, I, I'm, I, I think we can almost say that the, that the particular order of the Psalms is inspired. Um, I don't want to get too far out on that limb. The, the, the individual Psalms certainly are the inspired, every word is the inspired word of God. But then you ask the question, well, what about the order that they're put in from 1 to 150? And uh, I, I think we can, with, with some confidence, say that, that, that the Holy Spirit has had a role in, in ordering this. And particularly, if, you, if we can just begin, for example, by looking at Psalms 1 and 2. Uh, that Psalm 1, uh, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he doth meditate day and night. Uh, he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. Um, I mean, it's a call to meditate on the word of God. Uh, 
it, it, it makes the perfect introduction to the book of Psalms. Um, and it promises the fruit that will be born from those who meditate uh, on these words. And, um, and, and then Psalm 2. Uh, before you go there, before you go there, Phil, I don't want to interrupt your flow of thought, but, and maybe you're going to go back. How, how do you meditate on the Psalm? Or well, how, do you, how do you meditate on the word? I mean, what does that look like? Is that like Eastern meditation? You empty your mind out, you, you do a little um thing, and then you hold your fingers up? Or, or what does is, what is Christian meditation look like? Well, let me, just, let me just speak for myself and why I believe Christian meditation is very different from Eastern meditation. My mind is empty enough. My mind needs to be filled with something good. I'll just speak it for myself. And when it's emptied out, there's nothing good rattles around in there. Uh, and, uh, what we need is to have our minds filled with goodness and righteousness and truth and, uh, with the truth of God's word. And I'm obviously I'm being a little facetious, but I'm being very serious too. We, we all need a mind cleansing and, uh, to, to meditate on the word of God. Uh, means to to ponder it deeply, but to to ponder its words, uh, to 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 study it, to chew so do you, on when it. you when you meditate, do you fix your mind on a particular scripture? It yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, I'll, uh, Russ, you you go ahead. It's just interesting. Um, we're talking about verse two of Psalm one, um, and I think the meaning of the word meditate is extremely important to understand how the Bible uses that phrase. Yeah. Um, the word meditate here means to whisper or to murmur. Uh-huh. Um, so it's the idea that you're, you're, you're speaking the truths of the word to yourself throughout the day and throughout the night. That the words are constantly going over in your head and you're in essence, talking them back to yourself mm-hmm. um, all day long. Um, so it's not like we've been referencing to this Eastern idea of clearing the mind. Um, it's the idea of filling your mind with the truths of God's word over and over and over again. Yes. Um, Think about uh, this illustration is not new to me. I heard it many, many years ago. And I don't remember from who. But think about the way that water, when it runs down a slope, think about the way that, that water will kind of cut a groove in the earth. And eventually, over enough time, you get the Grand Canyon. Let the word of God flow over your mind over and over and over again so that it shapes your mind. It shapes your heart. And it's exactly what you were saying, Russ, and this is what Psalm 1 calls us to. When it says on his law, he meditates day and night. And that, and that man is blessed. There's a blessing for that man. It's, it's a beatitude. Um, and the blessing that comes is that it shapes your mind, just like water that runs through a channel over and over and over again. And in the same way, uh, the warning in Psalm 1, sinful thoughts do exactly the same thing. Uh, Self-centered and idolatrous thoughts uh, do exactly the same thing. They shape the mind. Yeah. 
and misshape the mind and, and the heart. And what the Word of God does, and what we're particularly looking at the Psalms right now, with what the power of these words is that they reshape our minds. They, when we meditate on them, uh, they to go back to my illustration, they cut new grooves, uh, new new channels of thought. Yeah, in the mind, uh, they you know reshape us for godliness. I love Lloyd Jones. Uh, you guys, um, you're familiar with his book, uh, Preaching and Preachers. Um, maybe some of our listeners aren't, but he's one of the greatest, you know, preachers of the 20th century in, at Westminster Chapel in London. But he um, talked about um, in his book on spiritual depression how we're we're always either listening to ourselves or talking to ourselves. And Phil, yeah. you or, or Russ, you, you had mentioned. That we purposely are are bringing those words and we're we're reciting those words and we're talking to our souls and we're we're praying those words to God. If, if meditation requires that type of purposefulness, because um, you're all, you're going to be listening to something, and and Phil, yeah. you mentioned those two different streams. That one sinful stream, that those sinful fleshly thoughts, those are always happening all the time. Oh yeah, meditation means that you're you're instead of listening to those words and those those lies that the enemy gives you you're actually preaching and 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 telling yourselves these truths from the word of god um and those create those different grooves so to speak mm-hmm. yeah the the quote that um josh was making reference to from lloyd jones is this the main art in the matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself Instead of listening to yourself, you have to speak to yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself and preach to yourself and question yourself and exhort yourself. You need to go on to remind yourself of God, who God is, and what God is, and what God has done, and what God has pledged himself to do. Amen. And that's exactly what the Psalms do. We will see you next time on The Gospel for Life as we continue this conversation. 